Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of Growing Up on Capitol Hill. This is Johnny Walker, and I pray that you've been safe and you remain safe and blessed. Uh, I came across some interesting statistics, and there are 332 million people in the U.S. and counting. They are all related to you and me. There's 7.8 billion people in the world in Steele County. And all of these people are also related to you and me. You see, we are all created by the same supreme being that created the microscopic insect all matter on earth and all of those stars in the sky he made you and i you see we are all cousins and human beings so when you see someone who needs your help remember it's your cousin okay Enough stats, let's move on. Now, you know the routine by now, but for the first timers, here's what we do. We want you to find yourself that favorite beverage, get a comfortable seat in a quiet area, and come with me to episode eight of Growing Up on Capitol Hill. I find it difficult to turn down jobs. I was a detailer for my dad's car and my neighbors, a patrol boy, was on the choir at school and church, and I was an altar boy. And now what loomed in the horizon was a possible newspaper boy. Hmm. My sisters had all gotten involved with their girlfriends and we mutually agreed that I didn't want to be with them and they didn't want to watch me as dad had instructed. Daddy must have seen the need for me to grow into those pig feet of mine. From our street, we could see through the fenced-in area across Route 295 south of the Capitol the Washington Star Newspaper Company's marquee on the other side of Garfield Playground and the railroad tracks. As I grew taller and muscular, by age nine, I looked like a 13-year-old. The day of my interview, I was 5'8". I would work for the Washington Star newspaper in my Capitol Hill community. Before going out that first day for work, I was instructed by my father 
Be careful. It's just an interview. Be on time and work smart if you get the job. He explained that if I got the job, he would save the money I made for serving and delivering the newspapers. Well, after receiving his blessings, I was on my way. This was a very exciting time for me, a challenge that I hadn't knowingly prepared for, but it came at the right time when I had outgrown my backyard <laughs> and sisters, and I was looking for something to do. Well, the first person that I met at the Star newspaper was Big Joe. A heavy teacher who was the jumper on the truck. He taught all the boys who worked for Mr. Charlie's paper route what they needed to do. He barked out instructions to me and the other boys he was interviewing who looked and listened with intent. His voice inflections and overtones appeared to frighten a couple of the other boys. But it was nothing compared to what I had heard my daddy say. As Big Joe continued with his do's and don'ts of being a paper boy. Your old papers will be dropped at the corners, they gonna be having a string around the bundle. Y'all's gonna have to pull the papers from the middle of the bundle like this. Now take your bag like this to carry your papers. Roll them up with this rubber bands Make sure y'all's clean up any trash and take your lists and deliver yours houses. The next corner will have your next bundle of papers. Follow y'all's lists. He reemphasized all y'all's got to do is roll these papers and put a rubber band around them and throw these papers at the dough. Watch this. I intently watched as he demonstrated his skill with finesse, technique, and speed. His mastery of the newspaper role. He demonstrated which lasted only seconds, having wrapped 10 newspapers in the process. He asked each of the boys to try it. Finally, it was my turn. I had observed Big Joe's technique, and just like Skip had said about throwing the baseball, all you got to do is know the technique and deliver the ball. My hand and eye coordination proved to be an asset as I was able to roll eight papers 
in the same time Big Joe had. Hmm. He peered over my shoulder to Mr. Charlie, the driver, who gave his approving nod to Big Joe. And I was hired. Joe had a special relationship with Mr. Charlie, who rarely gave direct instruction to me. A jumper is the guy on the truck who loads the bundles of papers and sets them on corners. On the route delivery, Mr. Charlie is responsible for picking up and loading the papers into the truck and driving to all the drop points, which were synchronized so that the paper boys would not have to walk for long distances with tons of papers, which on Sundays were very thick. Mr. Charlie had a cup copy of the address list for delivering the papers, which made for ease of operation. And he'd bark out the orders to Big Joe, drop 25, drop 60, drop 45 between stops and Big Joe would be counting and putting a string around the bundles before the next stop. As the truck pulled up to the stop, the rear doors flew open and Big Joe either would throw the bundle on a target or if it was too heavy, walk them to the target spot as the truck slowly moved off and Big Joe would take a high running step onto the tailgate while simultaneously shutting the door. Wow. Didn't take me along to find a faster way to deliver my papers. <laughs> Rather than standing by the bundles of papers and rolling them one at a time, I carried as many as I could in my canvas bag, about a half to three quarters of a bundle on a light day. I developed a walk and roll technique. I was able to pull a newspaper out of the bag, roll it while walking to the next home, rubber band it and throw it close to the customer's door while reaching for the next paper and getting it ready to throw. If homes were farther apart from each other, well, this would give me an opportunity to have quite a few papers pre-rolled, which helped me to complete my paper route quickly. Once I completed that block, I would turn the corner to find another bundle of papers waiting for me. There were two ways to remove the papers from the bundles without tearing them. Now, Big Joe had told me that if you pulled the bundles from the middle, just pull the paper like this from this middle section, and then the papers could be removed easier without damaging any of them. 
One day, Mr. Charlie, who never spoke to me, gave me a knife for cutting the string. Wow. Mr. Charlie gave me this. Be, 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 be safe, he said with a stutter. It's for, for, for cutting the string. This gift that he had given me must have come with a lot of thought on his behalf as to whether I was old enough at 10 or responsible enough to carry this tool. Thank you, I said with a big smile and a surprising tone. My relationship with Mr. Charlie and Big Joe grew as I was given more streets to deliver the newspapers and more responsibilities and more money, which I promptly gave to my dad for savings. The knife gift was very helpful to me, and it meant a lot to me. You see, cutting the string saved me a few minutes of my, of my present route and enabled me to complete the new route quicker while only adding a few more minutes to my schedule. Every second counted. So, as my load would get lighter, I would trot to the next home, saving even more time. I learned that speed and accuracy were key components to success. Well, North Carolina Avenue was the street where I had gotten lost with my red wagon a year or two earlier or so. It was a long block with stair steps of 20 or so. I used my arm strength and accuracy to throw to the top landing most often. Although I was strong, I could not carry enough newspapers in the bag to go up one side of the street and then come down the other. So, Mr. Charlie instructed Big Joe to leave the whole block of newspaper supply in the middle of the street. In front of Mr. Holzer's door. And when I ran out, I could return to retrieve what I needed. One day, <laughs> I was returning to retrieve additional newspapers and I saw a well-dressed man get out of a car. It was a black car. And rushing over to my remaining stack of newspapers. He reached down, it was about a half a block away, and I saw him pick up one. 
look at it, then reached into his pocket and put some coins on top of it. Then, rushing back to his car with his head glaring down at the headlines, he stopped by his trunk of the, of the car and appeared to be reading it. By that time, uh, I'd gotten closer. A big smile came over his face as I was standing now near my bundle of newspapers. He nodded in approval at the headlines as he looked up and noticed me looking at him. He gave me a wave and a smile and said, keep up the good work. As he hopped back into his car, it was Robert Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy's brother. I, I, I recognized him right away. After all, I'd seen him about 20 or, or 30 times today. His face was on the front page of today's paper that I was delivering. I, I mean, I walked over to my remaining bundle of newspapers and I picked up the two quarters that he had left for the paper. <laughs> I held on to those coins for as long as a 10-year-old could resist spending them at a time when candy was three, four penny. Mr. Charlie came by my house where I was playing on the front stairs. I was off work that day. And he said that one of my, my, my boys got sick. Do you want to make some quick money? I said, yeah. We went on a longer trip than I had expected. He took me downtown, gave me a waste pouch to hold coins and, and coins to make change, a bundle of newspapers, and took me to a corner to sell the newspapers in front of the People's Drugstore. Big Joe said, all you has to do is to say star get your star newspaper and say it loud. He gave me a reassuring nod as he jumped back on the truck and said they would check on me later. This must be a promotion, I thought. It wasn't long before folks were getting off work and, and coming up to me and paying for the papers, some not wanting change, for their five cent paper after giving me a dime or, or, or a quarter. And before long, I was down to just a few papers as I jingled the weighted coins in my pouch. Star newspaper, star newspaper, get your star newspaper. I sold the last paper 
thinking, what a great job this is. All you have to do is just stand here and they come to you. No more walking down the long blocks and I can make so much money so quickly. And when this big older teenager kid came up to me and broke my train of thought, he said, give me that pouch, boy. I hesitated and he grabbed a handful of my collar and he repeated himself. Give me that pouch, boy. He became the new owner of the pouch. <laughs> he ran. I thought for a second. And then I ran instinctively, gave chase. He stopped at the bus stop about a block away. To my surprise, I was standing right beside him as he waited to get onto the bus. He turned around and saw me and asked me, oh, what you gonna do? I thought for a second, I did not have a plan B. As I watched the bus pull off my earnings. I remember reading somewhere in Jeremiah that this is what the Lord says, administer justice and, and righteousness, rescue the victim of robbery from the hand of his oppressor. Hmm. When I returned to my corner, Big Joe hurried me into the truck because it was rush hour and they could not park long. I started to cry as I told them what had happened. The boy, the money, the chase, the loss. When daddy heard about the incident, it became my last day working for the Star newspaper. Daddy was angry because Mr. Charlie had not gotten permission from him to take me downtown. I had never heard Daddy defend me like that before, and seeing him as my protector improved our relationship, which changed my fear of him into fondness and admiration. That night I was in my room reviewing step-by-step step what had happened and wondering if there was something else I could have done. While changing into my clothes, I felt something in my pocket. I reached in and there was the forgotten knife Mr. Charlie had given to me. Yes, yes, yes. That 
there were a lot of lessons that uh, took me through rapid success and growth into my working career, but none that was more worthwhile, debatably, than completing a job quickly and accurately. Whether working as a a newspaper boy, a custodian, a consultant, a manager, or an owner of a business, I can tell you that without a doubt, speed and accuracy while doing a job sets one apart from the also-rans. That's a person who is likely to be unsuccessful in a contest. (laughs) You see, God gives us a number of challenges and a number of skills. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the blessing. Hello once again, and thank you for listening to Growing Up on Capitol Hill, Episode 8. Please uh, remain safe. When you're in your homes, if you can avoid wearing a mask, great. Uh, But when you're outside, in the public, please wear your mask. Be safe and be a blessing. All one word, be a blessing. Talk to you next on Episode 9, Growing Up on Capitol Hill. Enjoy.